This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The Glossing Detangler and Perfect Conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. It's Thursday, so that means real-life daters are coming on to share their real, sometimes shocking, and always unfiltered experiences. Think you're alone out there? Think you're the only one whose ex hooked up with your mom or whose last date ended up being a catfish? Think again. Hi, I am Anonymous and I'm from the UK and I'm here to talk about my life experiences with dating um, and traveling and just growing up and figuring out who I am and what it is I want from life. I am so excited to have you here. A little backstory, the two of us connected over DM and I just think there's so much that we're about to talk about that is going to be so relatable to almost every single person listening, because I know you wanted to talk about, you know, your dating experiences and kind of how your life has led you to realize that a traditional setup of a relationship might not actually be what's best suited for you. And I think that that is, first of all, like, I'm proud of you for realizing that because that's a really hard conclusion to come to in a society Mm -hmm. that is so marriage obsessed and relationship obsessed. But I imagine you're really not the only person who feels that way. So I want to kind of go back to the beginning of your impactful dating history (laughs) or things that have shaped this kind of realization and hear how you got to this. 
Yeah, no, definitely. And that's exactly why I reached out and wanted to share this experience because when I was coming to the realization of, you know, realizing that it's not something that I want to go down with the way that society wants people to, you know, get into a partnership and follow the kind of relationship escalator of, you know, getting into a relationship, moving in together, getting married. And Mm -hmm. I think it's important to share that as much as possible, just so that other people who I'm sure are experiencing the same thing would would feel that way. Um, And so my journey, I guess, it started, I don't know how far back to go, not going to go too far back. Um, The day you were born. Yeah, maybe not, maybe not back to the the (laughs) 1990s. But um, I guess the, the, the key starting point would probably be, you know, growing up, um, and going to an all-girls Catholic school. So I had a very traditional um, upbringing and you know, very little interaction with boys um, growing up and all of that. And I think it's, you know, when you're, when you're growing up in that environment, a lot of the girls are boy crazy. You know, we're so curious about what it's like to be in a relationship and you have all these hopes and dreams. And when you finally do meet a guy, you know, that's going to be the one and you're going to have this magical romance. Um, and I think that's what I was geared up and conditioned to, to want. And it's what I wanted for a really long time. And then I, um, left, um, left that school and then I went to university and within the first semester I met my, um, ex who was my, only or who has been my only you know long-term relationship um and you know I thought I'd hit the jackpot I was like oh my gosh like I've met a boy and he likes me and I like him and this is going to be amazing and you know it was just like tick 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 like this is exactly what I wanted to happen um and so I just kind of threw myself into it and we did you know the dates and the traveling and um that's actually when I visited New York because his mom lived in New York and we went there um a couple of times and you know we did a lot of things together and we were together for um like almost eight years um and yeah it was a long long time so you know going from completely cold turkey relationships and boys and then throwing yourself into a into a long-term relationship and I think in the beginning um and if I'm being completely honest like I think from the beginning I could kind of sense that there was something missing you know little things that I think I ignored um, just in the pursuit of, oh my gosh, but like, this is, this is what I want, like a relationship and to go forward with that. Um, And just realizing that actually, as you know, the years went by that I didn't feel like I'd really got to know myself during that time. So I kind of gone from, you know, being a kid essentially in in secondary school um, and then going straight into this relationship where you're kind of, you know, playing grown up. You think you're fully grown at like 18, 19, but you're really not. Um, And, you know, not really knowing who I, who I am. And then it got to the stage where I was, um, you know, just past my mid, my mid twenties, doing everything that I thought I was meant to be doing to make myself successful and happy. But I just didn't feel happy in my relationship. I wasn't happy with my career. It wasn't something that I could see myself doing in the long term. Um, And I think it was that, you know, that combination of those things that really built up and made me want to make a change, um, which is when I started to look at other career options and a lot of things changed. And um, I decided to go solo traveling for the first time. And um, th- that relationship then ended. And then I discovered dating sucks. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I need to like have some oh kind of training God. course in how to <laughs> approach the dating web because I was 27 and I yeah. never 
actually dated. I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't know how to approach it. It was also the onset of lockdown as well. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, like, how is this even going to work? Because um, it's not like the usual, you know, going out on dates and um, figuring out what I wanted and what my type was, because I've just had this one one relationship um, right. and not feeling like that was that was really my type. So I think, yeah, that was the whole kind of setup and breaking free from those those standards or expectations I guess wow. slowly, like one step at a time, firstly, like leaving my job and then traveling on my own and then ending that relationship and then throwing myself into the dating world. I think since then it's kind of trickled into a lot of experiences and a lot of things that have just made me a lot more sure in who I am um, and what it is I want. And, you know, I've had, I think a lot of experiences now and I've done a lot of things in like the last four years or three years that I don't think I would have done if I'd have confined myself to that life that I thought I should have been living versus the life that I yeah. really wanted to to experience. Absolutely. I want to first and foremost applaud you on on how well you articulated all of that because there there's a lot there and I have like a thousand <laughs> questions that I'm so excited to get into. And I want to caveat for anyone who's a newer seeing other people listener, uh, Dating Sucks was the podcast that I co-hosted when I worked at Hinge in 20, it came out in 2020, like literally we recorded it right the week before lockdown started. Um, so I'm so glad that that found you and, and so grateful that you've been along this journey with me. So thank you. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was a critical, a critical podcast for me. Cause I think it was at that time I found a bunch of other podcasts as well. And I would, you know, obviously in lockdown, you don't have a lot to do. So I was just like yeah. <laughs> plowing my way through it. And I was so upset when it ended. I remember I kept on checking back you on Spotify to see if a new episode would come. And I was like, where is it? And I was wondering the uh, same thing every day yeah. until I too had to take matters into my own hands. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so interesting. Hearing you talk about how like everyone was like, oh, well, he, he's so nice and perfect. And this relationship is so great. And, you know, that feeling that I'm sure you felt of like, well, never having dated and then meeting this person and he likes you and you like him and great, this works. And I imagine when you started to feel like something was missing, that was a really difficult and confusing Mm. feeling. And that's something where, you know, it's not like the relationship was bad. And I want to kind of focus on that because I think people find themselves getting stuck similarly to how you were for eight years in fine relationships. There's nothing bad. Could you Mm -hmm. make it work and build your life together and it all be fine. Yeah, you could. There are a lot of people that you can do that with, but you were feeling this painful feeling of like, I'm not happy. I'm not growing. I'm not becoming this person that I've like worked so hard to become. Like there were, there were so many different pieces missing across your life from like your relationship to your career to everything where that's so difficult to face. And then to not know like, well, if I, if I get out of the relationship, will it fix everything? If I change jobs, will it fix everything? Like it was a whole, like, we have to turn your life on its head and literally like go, go travel on your own, like go find (laughs) yourself. Like that is so crazy. I want to know a, what impact the solo travel experience had on you Mm -hmm. and B what, what was it like when you actually went to end this relationship? 
Yeah, yeah. No, and I think that's a really great point that you make around, you know, nothing was wrong. And that was the thing that I struggled with the most because there were some times where I was like, oh my gosh, like I wish he would like cheat on me or like he was an absolute asshole right. and I could like have <laughs> yeah. this reason. And all my friends would like, you know, rally behind me and be like, yeah, get rid of him. But anytime I'd even speak to my friends about it, you know, they'd, you know, really make it serious or known to me that like, are you sure? Like, this is what you want? Like, you know, they're like, you know, it's the single, the single life is not great. There's not a lot of good guys out there, you know, that fear of the unknown and not knowing what there could be out there. And that would kind of convince me to stay. And I think it was, you know, part of the reason why it went on for so long, because as I said, like, if I was honest with myself, I, I saw the signs early, early on, but I just ignored them for, for the sake of the picture perfect um, right. outlook. So I think when it came to ending it, um, cause I remember it was the year of 2019 and I just quit my job. So I was working as a, as an accountant for four years, straight out of uni, um, kind of again, following in my, my family's footsteps. My dad is an accountant. My brother did accountancy. My sister's now doing it. And that again, felt like a path that I was just kind of going along with. You guys know that I struggle with confidence. I'm always my biggest critic. And when I notice something about myself that I don't like, I can't stop fixating on it. I'm working on all of this, but it can be hard. A year ago, I noticed that my hair was thinning and I was finding more and more strands of hair on the floor every time I would walk around my apartment. When I would look down in the shower, I would freak out at what I saw in the drain. That's when I opened up to my best friend who happens to be a doctor. And she said two things that changed my life. The first was that she knows so many women our age going through the same thing. The second is that she told me to try Nutrafol. And so I did. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. A year later and a month before my wedding, and I cannot believe the number of people who have been complimenting how long, strong, and healthy my hair looks. I never imagined that this would happen. And naturally, as a result, my confidence has transformed. I'm no longer self-conscious when it comes to my hair. And honestly, that is a huge, huge, huge personal win for me. And you guys know I'm hilariously bad at sticking with habits and taking something every day or doing something every day. But with Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online with no prescription required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure that you'll never miss a day. You'll see results in three to six months. And trust me, it is worth the wait. You can start so easily by taking their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering the Seeing Other People family $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code Seeing Other People. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code Seeing Other People. That's Nutrafol.com promo code Seeing Other People. Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned 
in therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated, and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years, and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from. And if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. So I broke out of that. You were supposed to do it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I was just supposed to do that. Um, So I broke out of that and then decided to do a master's in something that I really loved, which was business psychology and, um, you know, people and behavior. And that was something that I was really passionate about. And I was loving that that year out of work and and learning about all of those topics. And it got to the beginning of that year, um, 2019, and I was still feeling the same feelings. It was just, you know, just crushing me from the inside, just wondering, like, why why is this feeling still persisting year after year? And I'd always been quite open with with my ex in terms of how I was feeling. And, you know, we'd have moments where maybe like we'd take a break or we'd try and take a break, but the pain of taking a break was just too much. And I'd be like, no, 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 let's just get back together and see if we right. can make it work. And just, you know, that that whole push and pull of of trying to like really break out of, of what it is that, that, that you wanted to. Um, and I remember that beginning of that year and I made a promise to myself and I said, if you feel the same way at the end of the year, you have to do something about it. And I don't know what it was about 2020 approaching. It just felt like a big year. And it felt like if I if I still feel the same way, I need to do something about it. Um, and that was also the year that I actually started therapy for the first time. And so because I was at university mm. and we know how expensive therapy is, unfortunately, I could make use of the, the free services at, um, at my university. And I was really struggling like with the anxiety around potentially ending this relationship or not ending this relationship and wondering why it was impacting me so much so I was doing some sessions um with a therapist there and it was um cognitive behavioral therapy so really action focused and quite practical and she got me into journaling um and really like trying to reflect on you know what's happened in the day and not catastrophizing and seeing how you know the the negative kind of thoughts that I was having like how real were they and how linked were they to the relationship versus you know maybe maybe other other things that I was going through um and that was you know a really key thing I think that really helped me think a bit more clearly and think for myself um especially when it came to not just the relationship but also just me personally and how I see myself in the world and you know how how I navigate that um and then I always wanted to go solo traveling and you know I love Southeast Asia and after my master's I always planned to to travel so I did two and a half months in Southeast Asia volunteering in Cambodia and you know all 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 different places around um Southeast Asia and my ex he came out for two weeks when we were in Vietnam um and I remember when I first started the trip so I think it was about maybe like eight eight weeks into the trip he he came out for two weeks and I think in the beginning there was a feeling of you know oh like I did miss him and you know that was 
kind of you know sometimes you take different signs as as a meaning of oh maybe this is because I miss him right like, you this read is, into them so yeah much you read into so them. much meaning yeah yeah and you think oh yeah of course like so I miss him that must mean that there's still something there but Right. over the whole course of the year like I was still going back and forth um and then we, when we finally reunited in Vietnam I think even the first day I was so happy to see him but very very quickly I think it just completely shifted and I realized that like this is probably the last time you know we're going to actually you know have a holiday together or be together because this was I think you know late November December and I made that promise to myself in the beginning of the year and I said like I'm not going to ignore the feelings anymore and something has to shift because we'd done the breaks we'd done the conversations and I think I realized that it was just me and I think I was starting to feel bad as well because he was such a such a patient and accommodating person that he would have done anything and waited as long as possible you know as it would have taken me to to make my mind up And it just got to the point where I just felt like this isn't fair on you now. Like you deserve someone who sees your great qualities and, you know, loves all of you and is not trying to, you know, change you. I felt like I was projecting some of, you know, my insecurities and my own things that I felt were missing, which wasn't necessarily to do with him, but making it seem like it was actually him and he needed to be more extroverted. And he, if he was just more social, then maybe things would, you know, be different and I'd feel better. But that wasn't the right way to go about it. And I think I'd through the therapy as well, I'd realized that a lot of that just wasn't to do with him. And it actually was just me needing to figure out who I was and what I wanted. Um, And so that was a difficult two weeks in Vietnam together because knowing that, and you know, you're sleeping next to someone that, you know, like as soon as this trip is over, you're going to have to have that conversation and they have no idea. And, yeah, it was, I mean, this this was like an amazing trip and I look back on it and it was one of the highlights, you know, of my life so far, but it was also like one of the most like painful times. And sure. I remember after he left, I still had another week traveling on my own. And I remember like, you know, I was in a six dorm hostel, like trying to silently cry myself to sleep. You know, it was oh just one God. of those really tragic things. And I was signing up to every single tour just to keep myself distracted during the day. And I was journaling and, you know, trying to just, gear myself up but I knew that when I was coming back um back home we'd have to have that conversation so when I got back that's that's exactly what I did um and yeah and it, and it went of course it went really well because he's a great guy and you know we we talked about it and he completely understood and then we made tacos and we walked into the station and oh it was God. just you know it was one yeah. of those things because and you just think wow like this is and, and I and I felt at peace with that decision at that point because I just right. realized that we I can't keep putting him through I can't keep putting myself through it whatever's waiting at the other side of this this decision yeah. I'm ready for it because it has to be better than you know the kind of pain that I've been putting myself through for the last you know seven eight years so yeah. that I was, imagine yeah. I imagine that you also took a lot of time throughout the course of the year and while you were on this trip and and the weeks leading up and the week after like you were mourning the relationship already like you mm. you know like being at peace with the conversation with the decision the actual breakup that's because you had already mourned it and you yeah. knew you knew it was the decision that you had to make as hard as it is. And I think, you know, part of the problem with breakups is sometimes like, well, this person is so great and they are so nice. And then like we could go through a breakup and the way they react to it makes us like almost want to be with them more because they were so graceful throughout it. But I'm glad that you were able to come to this conclusion that you felt confident about rather than being flip floppy, like, should I, should I not, which I'm sure you were for a while, but for it to end on 
a positive, like healthy, mature note after such a long period of time was probably like really wonderful and rewarding. And you can go your separate ways and still think so highly of each other, which I think is beautiful. Yeah, no, definitely. And yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I definitely mourned the relationship you know, probably in the years before yeah. it actually happened. Cause I know I cried way more before the breakup than I did afterwards. I think I just felt relief that I finally made a choice. And, you know, that was, that was now something that I could, I could move on from. Right. Do you have any regrets about not ending it sooner? Or do you feel like your whole journey played out the way you needed it to? No, I don't have any regrets. I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. And during that time, so I was, you know, 19 till 27, we'd spent all of those kind of formative years together and we'd supported each other through, you know, our university degrees and our first jobs out of university. And as I said before, like we traveled to like so many different places. And I think that also fueled my love for travel um, to the extent now, you know, that I love, you know, solo traveling. And I know that you asked earlier, Um, around you know the impact that that had and I think that first trip that I did as scary as it was um, it was something that I found so so empowering and I loved the freedom I loved the adventure I loved the I guess like the slight risk of it and not knowing and the Mm -hmm. unknown I think it was like the unknown of you know who I'm gonna meet or what I'm gonna do and how it's gonna go Um, and I learned so much about myself like being by myself and learning how to navigate you know different different days and activities and situations by myself and then also meeting the most incredible people out there like other solo female travelers who who I think for so I don't know if there's you know some trend in 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 you know solo travelers but the solo travel travelers that I've met seem to be very like-minded to me and I think mm-hmm. it's it's so refreshing to meet people from all over the world. You know, you wouldn't meet them anywhere else. Um, And then suddenly you're like on this random waterfall trip and you're like climbing trees and whatnot. And you find out that actually there's like a similar kind of mentality. And I guess it's, you know, the, the idea that you're already, you know, on your own in a foreign country and like you're bonded by, by that, um, that desire to do that. But then also when we talk, when I've talked deeper to some of the really good friends that I've met, like they have similar um, views on, you know, relationships and, you know, traditional kind of styles of, of living. And you, you, you realize that actually there's a lot more in common there. And I think that's where I started to gain that confidence in, in terms of meeting other people who feel the same way as, as me or have experienced similar things to me. Um, and it's been great. And since then I've done, you know, other, other solo trips. I recently took myself solo to the Maldives this year, which was incredible. Um, and I think like that was like a proper moment because I dreamed of going to the Maldives, like since I was a teenager and I'd always put it in my head, like this has to be a honeymoon destination. Like I have to go with my partner and, you know, this is a couple's destination. And, um, I feel like for me to have taken that step and just take myself and actually own that as a single woman and enjoying that experience, it just like, the more I do it, the more I want to do it. And I just think it's just something that if anyone does want to do it, it will like, just has even like a little feeling that they want to try it. Like just go you for it to. because yeah, you have to, because it's such a rewarding thing. And it's, it's scary. Like even when I just did the trip to the Maldives, I did, I was, I was just telling myself, you know, is this, like, are you really doing this? You know, a country that you've never been before and you know, what's going to happen. And are you going to feel really uncomfortable in the Maldives being on your own with all these couples around you? Um, 
Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating, and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right, all right, I know that everyone has their hands up. And I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? Maybe you're in the thick of modern dating or you're wondering if the person you're with is your person. Whatever your situation, I have the perfect podcast for you. 
It's called Dateable, your insider's look into modern dating, hosted by Julie Krafchick and Yue Shu. They talk about it all, from why you're choosing the wrong partner and how to stop, to how to actually go from matching on the app to getting on a date, to securing your anxious attachment and everything in between. Julie and Yue have been on Seeing Other People, and I've been a guest on their podcast too, so if you're looking for a great starting point, check out my episode of Dateable, Season 15, Episode 10, Is It Chemistry or Anxiety? Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later. And I always get that that fear, but it's just overcoming it and putting yourself out there. And it's such a, even the, the solo female travel community I think is so so supportive as well so once you're out there and you meet other people like you actually never feel alone so the the last thing I've ever felt is alone when I'm traveling if anything like I have to try and like stop meeting people because it's it's a constant (laughs) thing of you know someone's inviting you for dinner and you make a friend one night and then suddenly you're spending like the next four days together um so it's it's such a rewarding experience that has taught me so much and has taught me to sort of embrace you know this season of single single gym um and really enjoy that for for all that it is and just say that actually you know just because society says that you have to do these things with a partner and you know it kind of favors like couples and actually being able to take ownership of that and say do you know what I can I can just do this for myself and and enjoy it I got goosebumps when you said that you always pictured going to the Maldives like with a partner like on a honeymoon Mm. and then you realize, no, I can go do this on my own. Like I think that's such a beautiful takeaway and something that I hope really sticks with people from this episode because I think we all romanticize so many places and even restaurants or like we, I, I remember when I was single, I would like make a list of things I wanted to do in New York City when I got a boyfriend. Yeah. I didn't need a boyfriend to do any of those things. And yeah. I just spent so much time wasting time mm-hmm. not doing the things that I wanted to do because I firmly believed I needed somebody else to do them with me. And that's absolutely not how we should be living our lives. So I think it's so wonderful that you've been able to take that away from your experience. And I also think it's really cool how you kind of mentioned that going on this trip, you know, like you wanted to do it for a while, you were afraid to, but your first solo travel, it was this fear of the unknown kind of, but then you did it and you were like, this isn't scary. This is really awesome. Really cool. And I imagine that's kind of how you felt with this relationship. It's like, what's the lesser of two evils staying in this relationship that I'm not entirely happy in or leaving this relationship, not knowing what that means for me and what's out there. And it's worth taking that chance if you, it, from the bottom of your heart, like believe that there's more out there for you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it, it is that unknown that was, yeah. that was holding me back. And it was the same with my career. And, you know, oh gosh, if I'm not an accountant, what can I be? I don't have any examples right. in my family of, you know, what other careers could look like. And, you know, my dad's telling me, are you sure you want to do this? And what job are you going to have? And how is that going to work? And I'm like, I don't know. It's the unknown. I just know that I really feel passionate about it. And yeah. it's what I want to do. Um, and that ended up working out. And, you know, I, I got a job afterwards and I have you know moved into the career that, that I want to do. But it's only until you step into that yeah, that you, gotta you leave can actually, the comfort zone you can to realize it. Exactly. really yeah. right. Yeah, no, for sure. While you're embracing singlehood, what has dating been like for you? Because I know you have been on apps and 
gotten back yes. out there. So I'd love to hear what that experience has been like. Yeah, yeah. So that, that it's been a really good experience, actually. And I think, again, with the unknown and, you know, the stories that my friends were telling me about dating or the, the horror stories that you hear from people, especially when you're in that kind of fearful, avoidant position and you're just trying to cling on to any kind of safety net or relationship that you're in. I, I, I was preparing myself for the worst, to be honest. And then obviously listening to Dating Sucks, I was like trying to mentally get myself geared up for, you know, all the things that I should be wary of in terms of ghosting and not being direct <laughs> with your communication. And I really felt like I tried to arm myself with all the tools. Like I'm very much like a, uh, uh, I need to prepare. So anything that yeah. needs to be, that's, that, that, that needs to be done, even if it is dating, it. I will like have a, I'll have a, a method <laughs> to, to approach it. Um, and so, and it was a funny one because it was during lockdown. So I was doing um, a lot of like telephone calls just to get to know each other in the beginning. And I started off on Hinge, which is what everyone told me was the the app if you want to, you know, meet a decent standard of guy and, you know, don't go to Tinder and, you know, Bumble's okay, but like you might get some some dodgy characters. So I just started with Hinge and I met some, I, met, I had like some really good experiences. And I think overall, and even when people ask me, um, you know, if I've had any like horror stories, like I think the worst date I've been on is just like one guy who was a bit boring. Like that was right. that was like the worst thing that's happened. Whereas like other people, even when we've had, you know, maybe like only one date um, and things like that, it's still been an enjoyable experience for me. But I think a lot of that has come from me actually taking the time to get to know myself. And I think I approach dating in quite a quite a sure way that, when I do connect with someone or I feel like, and I, and I trust my instinct and my judgment when I'm texting someone and, you know, I can kind of read the vibes. And then when I have a telephone call or when I meet them, yeah. it's quite, when it's a, when it's a connection, it's quite a strong kind of click. Like obviously, yeah. you know, it's not always like a spark or anything like that, but I just have a, a strong sense of whether someone is, is my kind of vibe or not. Yeah. And if it's not a vibe, then I'm not, then I'm, you know, I'm not afraid to kind of, pull away from it or you know actually stand my my ground or set that boundary um, totally and that I want to go for I think that's amazing and I think that comes from you having this now background of like figuring out who you are and knowing that you're great on your own and that anyone else who comes into your life is going to be an added bonus but they're not going to be somebody that you so desperately are seeking and need. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong in dating, where they so badly want to find somebody that they're not, you know, putting up boundaries or saying like, I'm not going to go on the date because this vibe is off or this person did something that like I, I really don't value or something's misaligned here. Like you're saying like, I know who I am. I have so much to offer And if this other person is not going to elevate my world, then they're not for me. And that's okay. Instead of exactly instead of the opposite of like, I need to find somebody I'm going to turn over every single stone because I'm not complete until I have someone else. Yeah, no, definitely. And then I think it's because it was lockdown as well. And it was my first time dating since being in that long term relationship. It wasn't as if I was dying to jump into something serious. So it was more exploratory. I think I kind of saw it a bit like an experiment. I think I remember the first time a guy tried to kiss me on a date and I was just 
shocked because it kind of felt like an out of body experience and I was like wait but I'm I'm just observing this like I'm not here yeah. like I'm just seeing what happens and I was like oh wait actually like if you progress things I guess maybe you know things might move that forward does happen. Um, yeah. which does happen and actually that 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 same guy we we ended up dating for for a few months and probably that was like the success story of my hinge experience mm-hmm. um and actually he was the one who suggested field to me so we had been dating for a few months um and we were very open about you know what we were looking for and what we we're looking to experience and um i think he tried the app and just from our conversations he was like you know what? i think like you'd really like this app called field and i was like that i've is never awesome. heard of it yeah <laughs> wait that is so awesome. Can we all take a moment to appreciate the open (laughs) communication that happened here? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, and I, I didn't, I wasn't necessarily bought from him telling me about it just because it was coming from a guy and the way that he was describing it made it sound like it was just kind of some, some kinky hookup app that wasn't, I don't know. It just kind of felt like, I'm not sure if that's really for me. Um, and I, I think I just took it as well. I was just like, oh, like, ha ha ha, like, maybe I'll, I'll check it out. Um, and it was actually only so when I got my first job after my master's after switching careers, I had made some friends at work and um, a couple of the girls were on the field. And so I'd heard about it from the female perspective. And I think that's what kind of made me actually take interest and think, oh, maybe this is something because from their perspective, um, and Mm -hmm. for obviously people who don't know Field, it is an alternative um, dating app, which um, is more, you know, I guess just free for all kinds of um, sexual orientations or um, relationship setups, like whether it is monogamy or non-monogamy. So it's just kind of an open playing field for, for anyone that wants anything. Um, in terms of relationship dynamics and everyone's very you know clear with their communication a lot more like just not not very judgmental judgmental um and (laughs) and it's just the place where you can just really yeah explore explore different things um in a relationship um and so hearing about it from my female colleagues really shunt on the light on um what that experience was and they were saying you know how like respectful the guys were and actually there's like a lot of a foundation of communication and respecting other people's boundaries and you know it's and I was like okay well this sounds like it could be actually something that that I'd be keen to explore because it's something that I'd I'd question especially when I was reflecting on the things that I'd wanted growing up and you know do I actually want to get married and do I want kids and you know do I see myself being completely monogamous for the rest of my life and wanting to just get more curious about it and I felt like hinge and, you know, I did meet some some really cool guys on there, but I think generally on Hinge, there was kind of more of a more of a blueprint that you had to follow right. um, in terms of, you know, what you were looking for. And, you know, you can't ask someone directly what they're looking for, before, you know, until like the third day. And, you know, it just felt like my directness and maybe my natural kind of directness wasn't being as well received um or it didn't it wasn't you know getting me the the kind of connections that I that I wanted besides this guy who actually ended up recommending field which is probably why we ended up dating for as long as we did because everything we happens same, for a reason on the same wavelength ding, ding, yeah ding. exactly <laughs> so um yeah. I, I yeah so then I tried out um hinge I did try bumble like very briefly but I wasn't a fan of the the timeout kind of um, things I didn't reply always on on time but then I tried um I tried field and it's it was great honestly I've had such good experiences and I um like the first guy that I connected with and like we met up and we dated for a 
I think maybe like almost like six months. Um, oh, wow. But he was he was he was living um, in another another city in the UK. Um, so we didn't see each other like that often, but we spoke quite a lot. And he had been on the app for quite a while, so he kind of you know initiated me and like taught me you know a lot about you know the the dynamics and um, different kind of ways of operating in, in the relationships and you know what he was into. And I I think through that experience, I got a lot more confident in talking about what it was I wanted, not just from like a relationship, but even when you talk about, you know, sex and things like that, mm-hmm. it's, it's not something that you would openly talk about, you know, on a more traditional dating app, or if you go on a right. date, like, you know, if a guy was to come straight with a, a sex related question, you know, most girls would, would report them on hinge. And like, so a lot of the right. guys that I met on, on field have told me that they've been blocked on hinge because of, you know, the way that they approach conversations, because it's just not the the thing that you do there. Um, when in reality, like, they're really just like communicating so openly. Yeah, exactly. Just like being very what straightforward. Every, what everyone says they want, but when, yeah, but when the, it, when it happens, it's so foreign that people are yeah. like, red flag, alert, not good. Yeah. Cause we're not used to it. Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's that's one of the things that I found just so refreshing. And not in the sense that like that was all I was after, but at least from the get-go, we were yeah. having very open conversations about what it is I want, what it is they want. Could this be a match? You know, and constantly communicating that. And even if it wasn't a match, even if, you know, maybe some of the things weren't weren't a good fit. There was always just that respect and being like, okay, great. Well, have a good luck with your search. And, you know, right. you know, I'm, I'm looking for something different. It wasn't any kind of awkwardness or, you know, offense taken um, yeah. and things like that. So since then I've yeah had just really great experience, like with guys who I think are really emotionally intelligent and able to, um, you know, not just, it's not just a hookup app, you know, it's more about actually having that you know, when you talk about like friends with benefits, like it's actually a friendship um, underneath that, which actually makes it a really meaningful relationship and really opening up my eyes to actually, you know, outside of, you know, the labels of boyfriend and girlfriend and the traditional setup of a relationship. I know that people talk a lot about situationships and how things aren't defined. Mm. And, you know, the obviously that that is a real thing and that, that causes a lot of stress and confusion. But I think but there's also different. another... Yeah, that's different from communicating about figuring it out together and just having this open communication of where you're at so that nobody's making assumptions. Like that's the hardest thing. And that's why situationships happen is because of the lack of communication. So it's okay to be in a situation that's not defined as long as you're communicating about it, which it sounds like is what you're experiencing. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, that's where I was like, oh, okay. So there is this gray area where you're not really defining what it is, but there's enough communication and enough respect um, to actually feel very comfortable and for it to be meaningful. And I think that's something that's that I've had to learn to be comfortable with. But then also, I guess within my friendship group and you know the the space that I operate in, it's I'm I'm the only one that 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 uses field. So when I talk about field to anyone, no one's heard of it. No one knows what it is. Mm-hmm. If I mention it, it's very foreign they just kind of assume that they'll they'll say oh you know she's she's single now she's just playing the field and you know eventually she'll she'll settle down so I think there's that kind of lack of understanding um which I've I've also come to terms with and I think some of my friends are more are more clued up in how it works versus others who are kind of just oh you know it's it's just just a, a bit of fun um and not really understanding how that great like if you're not boyfriend and girlfriend then 
it's it must just be like a situationship and it's not like a serious thing when I've actually had like very meaningful um meaningful you know relationships which and I would I would still call them relationships because they are a relationship yeah. of of some sort um Absolutely. through 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 the app um and it's just been yeah a really a really great experience of self-discovery but then also discovering other people and me learning about you know the different types of people that that I want to potentially be with in the future um, and what really what I really value and just learning how to set those boundaries and you know sometimes there there are situations where it doesn't go you know how you want it to go but being able to navigate that in a in a way that's actually more mature versus you know just ghosting or it kind of you know escalating into into something that yeah. that doesn't need to happen Absolutely. I'm curious, how would you describe to me or to yourself or to anybody new what you're looking for right now? So right now, I feel like I'm in an in-between stage. So the reason why we even, you know, started talking is because I messaged, I, I submitted a dating win, which I was very proud of myself for, um, because it was a situation that I was in for for quite a while. And I think the communication had broken down and I was holding on. And um, this was the first person and I, I'd met him on field. And this was the first person that I'd met since the end of my last relationship um, that really made me feel like, oh, like I could probably see a future here. I could definitely explore something more with this person. Um, And previously to that, I think I was quite adamant that, no, I do not want to be in a long-term relationship. And anytime anyone would ask me, it's like, no, I don't want to be in a relationship. And I think I realized that actually me saying no to being in a relationship, it wasn't that I didn't want to be in a relationship. It it was more, no, I don't want to be in the kind of relationship that I know that you're thinking of, because I know that I'm probably not suited to that kind of yeah. set up and I'm not probably going to find myself in that situation. Um, and so when the situation happened with this, with this guy and I was having, you know, this, these really strong feelings that I don't think I've really experienced before. Um, but I also recognized that the communication from his side just wasn't, wasn't what I needed it to be for, for right. it to continue. And it took me a long, not a long time, like it maybe like a few months for me to, um, I think it was like maybe like three and a half months where, we weren't able to see each other and he wasn't really communicating. And I just felt like this was kind of the last straw of a series of breaks and distance that we'd had over, over the months that we were dating. Um, and I finally, yeah, got the, got the, got the, the courage to, to kind of say what it was that I was feeling and how I was experiencing that and try and just, you know, set that, set that boundary and say that you're clearly not in a space to be able to give me what I need. Um, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. It's like one of those bitter, bittersweet things. And I was, of yeah, course. I was like, this is a dating win and it happened. And I remember seeing, right seeing the is. story come up and I wrote it in. Um, and I was just thinking like, this is this, this experience. And I, even in the message that, that I'd sent him when I was kind of, you know, putting a, a, an end to things you know I said that like you know you'd opened my heart in ways that I didn't think that it could be opened before and I'm really grateful for you know the the experiences that we've had together and the memories and you know it was a very like amicable very respectful um um kind of ending to it and you know he understood the role that he played and you know he'd apologized for how that had made me feel um but I think it was that that recent experience that's now made me kind of reevaluate actually maybe I am open to something more because the way that I was ready to kind of give, you know, my time and my commitment and my energy to that situation, which unfortunately couldn't be reciprocated at this time. 
it kind of made me think actually maybe there is space for someone at this time um if i was to make, meet the right person it's all dependent on meeting the right person i think that, that as that's it should a, be that's a big as thing. it should be yeah yeah and i think it's awesome that even like it's a win in itself that you recognized that you learned from this relationship that you gained the confidence to leave this relationship i think even everything that you were explaining you said to him like being able to walk away from a relationship and say like, I am better because I experienced this versus mm-hmm. like, screw this person. That was a waste of time. That sucked. Like there's so much that we learn from every person we interact with every date that we go on and to be in a place where you're able to like accept those learnings and embrace them. I think that is the biggest dating win of all. So I think it's amazing yeah. that you did realize those things and you had the courage to walk away and to realize like, oh, well, maybe if I do meet the right person, I do have the space for them and I'm okay on my own. And I'm, there's all these other things that I'm here, ready, willing, and able to explore. Like Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm so proud of your journey and of, it just sounds like you've come such a long way and I hope you're so proud of yourself. Yeah, no, thank you. I I am, I am very proud of myself. And I think when I look back, you know, to, starting you know my my new job and my new career and you know the traveling and ending that relationship and how far I've come I think it is you know reaching that point where I am so so happy on my own like I honestly I love being single like and I think that is (laughs) that was one of the things where I was like do I ever want to be in a like do I even have time or space like I've created such a such a full life for myself. And I remember one of my friends telling me that because I'm always like doing something or traveling here or I've got this new hobby and, you know, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I've got so many different friendship groups and a lot going on. You know, I just live such a full life. And I was like, yeah, I think that is exactly it. Like my life is so full. And it doesn't mean that there's no space for anyone because I think this situation made me realize that if the right person was to come along, then they would be able to, you know, naturally kind of fit into that. And you'd want to make time for for that person. Um, but I do recognize that I'm in a space where I've built a life for myself that is way more authentic than any alternative kind of setup, to, like just following, you know, what society said would would make me happy. It's like, actually, I don't care what my life looks like on the outside to other people. All I care about is what it feels like. And if I'm, you know, going to bed at night and I feel like I'm, I'm happy and I'm content and I'm loved and, you know, I'm like be feeling fulfilled and I'm pushing myself and growing, then that's all that matters. And the right people will gravitate towards that. And, you know, those who don't um, understand it or don't want to, to, or don't, or don't, yeah, don't, don't, don't want to um, be part of that. Then that's something that, that I'm, you know, willing to let go of. Cause I think it's, it's just so important to, to figure out who you are, be true to yourself and really, really yeah just just relish in that in that that freedom of knowing who you are which I think is what what is like my strength my inner strength is like no I know and I really trust myself and I trust the decisions I make because I've made so many that have been yeah quite quite significant and I haven't died and things haven't you know (laughs) been set on fire and it's all good (laughs) so and you you did it like you built this life for yourself that you love so much Mm -hmm. you did that and I think that's one of the most incredible parts about it. Like it's, it's what you created and yeah, I'm so happy. I don't know how we could possibly top all of the amazing bits of advice <laughs> from this episode and even the last like five minutes, but we're going to try. 
Okay. What is the best piece of dating or relationship advice you've ever received? Ooh, I should have been prepared for this question, to be honest. You should have been, I know. Nobody ever is, no matter how many episodes they've listened to, nobody ever is. <laughs> uh, but okay, but it might not be specifically, actually it could apply to dating, but it's more of like a general piece of advice Beautiful. that I love, love it. to live by. Um, and it's the advice of whatever's meant for you won't miss you. And I lean on that all the time, like no matter what the situation, especially in dating, you know, whether you think like, oh, I'm supposed to be with this person and I wish it could work out. And I went through all of those emotions just, you know, in the last few months with with this situation and just knowing that there are things in this life that are meant for you and whatever is meant for you, it just won't, it won't pass you by. Like it will come to you and it will be right. And if it misses you and it's not for you, then something better is, is coming. And I think I did that, you know, with job applications when I was trying to look for my new flat, you know, I thought I had my heart set on this one place. And then it was like, actually the place that I ended up, I absolutely love. And this is absolutely perfect. And I couldn't have imagined, you know, somewhere better. So just, just knowing like, you know, that anything that, that doesn't work out, it's just not meant for you and what is meant for you will come. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think you can find so much peace if you truly believe Mm -hmm. that. And I think if we all look back at the things that have happened to us in our lives, like we can give that phrase so much credit because it's brought us all to where we are now or to where we will be, which is exactly where we're meant to be. So. Absolutely. Love Love that. Thank you. So, so, Thank so you. much. It's been a pleasure. Here and for sharing your story. And again, I'm just, I'm so proud of you. And I, I don't know, I feel like I, I have not stopped smiling for literally 45 minutes. Oh. My face <laughs> actually hurts right now. Okay. Well, for everyone who listened, send this episode to a friend who needs to hear it. Share it on your story. If you love it, go do whatever it is you need to do to write in that dating wins box. And I will talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening, daters. I hope today's episode made you feel just a little bit less alone out there, no matter what your status might be. Give your finger a break from swiping and hit that follow and review button instead. And if you have any burning questions or want to share your own unfiltered dating stories, reach out to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, keep on seeing other people. Mads, I am obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish-blooded queens, Scout? Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that OKSIS podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. That too, Scout. That too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello, everyone. I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are sisters IRL. Join us on OKSIS Podcast every Monday for some sisterly banter, nourishing mental health, a whole lot of silliness, and inspiring interviews from the raddest female guests in the game. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood!